from now till I love doing this. If you've been in this church long enough, you know that Christmas and, and, and the resurrection season are two of my favorite times because I get to really get into the story that revolves around Jesus. How many of you know everything changes when Jesus shows up? Come on. Jesus shows up and everything changes. Everything changes when Jesus shows up. And so uh, from now till we celebrate the resurrection, I guess if this would be a series, I would call it the cast of characters because there's a lot of people that are involved in this crucifixion resurrection story that I, every season I want to preach on all of them. So I'm starting early this year because I'm going to try to preach on most of them. Amen. And um, there's so many things that involve this story. And today we are going to be reading in the book of John, chapter 11, verse 45 to 53. Very familiar portion of scripture there, but just let me give you some context of what we're about to read so that you can understand. Every, everybody would know, or you should know if you grew up in church or you've been to church, a man by the name of Lazarus. Somebody say Lazarus. There's two Lazarus in the Bible. One was mentioned in a parable. Lazarus and the rich, the rich man. When that Lazarus died, he went straight to Abraham's bosom while the rich man went straight to hell. Hallelujah. Amen. So the point is, if you're rich, come help us buy a building because riches get you to... Never mind. Amen. Amen. That's how, you know... Oh, man, this is a tough crowd. All right. Uh, but that's a, a, a parable. It is the only parable in which uh, the name of a person is given. So people often mistake this Lazarus with the other Lazarus that occurs in this story. Every time you read a parable where Jesus talked, he said a certain man, a certain ruler, a certain farmer, a certain... He never gave them a name. But he gave this Lazarus a name. And just to, you know, my belief personally, I think why that is is because of what happens in that parable. They both die, and they both go to a place afterwards. The Bible says that Lazarus, he had a name. But the rich man, they mention his status. See, on earth, we're concerned about status. But in heaven, as much as you want to get your status up on earth, does heaven know your name? In heaven, they didn't care about his status on earth. But heaven knew Lazarus' name. And so I believe there was something significant there that the Bible was trying to show us that it's not about your status on earth, but it's about God knowing who you are. Amen? And, uh, uh, but then there's the other Lazarus, and he's not a parable. He's a real person. He was a friend of Jesus. Jesus had friends. As he would travel and preach, there were places he would take a, a pit stop and he would, you know, him and his disciples could relax. It's always good to have people that you can call friends. And Lazarus was a friend of Jesus. And so Lazarus, the Bible says, fell sick. And his sisters sent for Jesus. And they said, Jesus, your friend Lazarus is sick. Jesus said, all right, tell him I'm going to come later. Strange answer. If I'm sick, I, I'm telling you that because I want you to come now. Jesus says, tell them I'll come later. Jesus goes over to his disciples and says to them, hey, our friend Lazarus, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's, he's sleeping. They said, well, why go to his house? Because a couple weeks ago we were just over there and they tried to stone us. 
If he's asleep, he going to wake up, Jesus. We don't need to go wake him up. And Jesus turned and told him plainly, he's not asleep, he's dead. Jesus waited longer than his sickness occurred to the point of death. But he said these words, this sickness will not be unto death, but so that I would be glorified. Amen. He goes to Lazarus' house, and uh, this is probably a message I'm going to preach another day because this is part of the cast of characters. This is the reason why Palm Sunday was such a big deal because they lived right next to Jerusalem. And y'all know how we do. Somebody in Queens come back from the dead, the whole of Brooklyn going to know. Brooklyn just be knowing everything. That's a different issue. You know, somebody rides from the dead here, the whole block going to know. Something as big as that? There's somebody who came back from the dead? Somebody was killed and got up? That news would spread throughout New York. So where Bethany was, Jerusalem was right there. So everybody began to say, everybody know Lazarus. He was dead and he's back to life. And so Palm Sunday, when Jesus enters, there's a big deal there. Amen. But um, so, so Jesus comes and he brings Lazarus back to life. He says, Lazarus, come forth. Somebody said it's a good thing. He said Lazarus name when he went to the grave, because if he had just said the words come forth, every dead man in the graveyard would have come on somebody. If he just said come forth, every dead person would have been crawling out. Doing something. Amen. Hallelujah. So our Lord is good. Amen. Lazarus came back to life. And the Bible says that some believe, some who came and were friends to Mary to console the family, they believe while others, and this is where our scripture picks up today. Amen. Shall we go to it? John chapter 11, verse 45 uh, to 53. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And here we go. It says, many of the people who were with Mary believed in Jesus when they saw this happen. How many know your friends will believe if they can get a glimpse into what Jesus is doing in your life? Come on, somebody. I'm going to say that again. Many of your friends will possibly believe in the Jesus that you serve if they can get a glimpse of what he's doing in your life. The problem with a lot of us is that we don't share what he's doing in our lives. But I encourage you every opportunity you get to tell people what the Lord has done in your life. Tell them. Amen. It'll encourage them. And the Bible says that many believed, many of the people who were with Mary believed in Jesus when they saw this happen. But some went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. That just read different, right? But some went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. And then the leading priests and Pharisees called the high council together. After all, you just heard this man raise somebody from the dead. So they hold in a meeting. This meeting must be about, let's bring such a great man in. A man who can bring people back from the dead is a man I want to know. Amen, somebody. No, that's not what this meeting was about. What are we going to do? They asked each other. This man certainly performs many miracle, miraculous signs. If we allow him to go on like this, soon everyone will believe in him. 
And then the Roman army will come and destroy both our temple and our nation. That's very significant, that statement right there. Because at the time, Rome ruled the world. And whenever they conquered places, they allowed those places to still govern, but they have to keep peace. Otherwise, we would come in. So they allowed them to keep their religious customs and whatever else, and there was a power dynamic here because obviously if you could still be in charge, you want to be in charge. It meant that you were going to be part of the elite who communicated directly with Rome. Being the type of culture this was, the priests who run the religious world were the ones in charge of keeping the peace. And so Herod and Pilate and all the people in charge would work together closely with the priests. Now, the priests at this time became so corrupt because how many of you know, if you're not careful with power, if you don't know how to handle power, power will handle you. Many people who start out with pure hearts get corrupted when they taste power, when they taste money. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Money, power. People say poverty is bad. I say they're both two opposite sides of the coin that lie to you. If you believe your lack is what your identity lies in and you're poor and you're nobody, you believe the lie. But if you believe you are your status, and you believe I am all these things that I've gained, it's a lie too. Your value is not in anything that's external. Your value should be in the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. Amen? And so be careful when people criticize you and hurt you. But be careful what compliments you let sink in too. I don't know who I'm talking to. And some people start out good and they become prideful. And so when they said, if we let this man go on like this, everybody's going to believe in him. Then the Romans going to come and say, who's this new guy that we ain't connected to? And what's all these people believing here? They're going to crush the temple. Why is that a big deal? We run the temple. And at this time, there's a lot of gambling and selling and profiteering going on in that temple. That money... Hallelujah. Amen. You see, a lot of people, even religious people, get corrupted by money. You got to be careful. I believe in sowing and, and, and giving to the Lord, but you can't buy God's blessings. So all them green handkerchief of prosperity, all the water you got from Israel, Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. It makes the cross obsolete. 
He rented the veil from top to bottom so that you could have access. You don't need a cloth to have access. The miracle you want, you could get right now if, I, if you were daring enough to lift your hands and say, God, I trust you. You don't need water from Israel. Come on, somebody. As a matter of fact, if you knew Bible, you'd know you are Israel. Say, what are you talking about? Is this a Hebrew Israelite stuff? No, read Apostle Paul. You're grafted in. Abraham wasn't a Jew starting out. He became one by faith. And Paul breaks that down that you become Israel by faith. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Y'all ain't saying nothing to the brother. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. And so, that ain't even what I want to talk about. Say, stay on topic, Pastor. He said, what are we going to do, they asked. This man certainly performs many miraculous signs. If we allow him to go on like this, soon everyone will believe in him. And then the Roman army will come and destroy both our temple and our nation. Caiaphas. There goes one of a cast of characters there. Who was the high priest at the time? Said, you don't even know what you're talking about. Now, isn't that interesting? He says, you don't know what you're talking about. But I beg to differ. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. Watch this. He said, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't realize that it's better for you that one man should die for the people than for the whole nation to be destroyed. So Caiaphas said, I got a plan. Instead of the Romans coming and destroying the nation, let's kill him. It's better that he dies so that the nation lives. He's saying this and saying, y'all don't know what you're talking about. He don't know what he's talking about. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And look at this. He did not say this on his own. As high priest at the time, he was led to prophesy that Jesus would die for the entire nation. Whoa, but they don't stop there. Hallelujah. And not only for that nation but to bring together and unite all the children of God scattered around the world, not only at that time, but in every generation to come. Jesus would bring all men together. That's why when people ask, what are you? I know they're trying to see what nationality I am, but I prefer to say I'm a royal priesthood. A peculiar people, a chosen generation called to show forth the praise of our God. We are kingdom people bought with the blood of Christ. I don't know who I'm talking to in this place. Hallelujah. Anybody part of the body and the family of Christ today? Hallelujah. 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 He told Nicodemus, you must be born again. You, 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 you get into a family by birth. You get into his family by the new birth. Ah, God, hallelujah. You know, 
I dream of a Tesla in these times. I be making these transitions like, how you go from all that to, come on, anybody dreaming of a Tesla like Pastor Rich? No, y'all still dreaming of Lambos and all that? Good luck, gas high. Amen. No, no Camry, you got to get electric now. They telling us on TV, they, they showing y'all where we going. They telling y'all. I dream of a Tesla, but I spoke to my brother the other day, and he was telling me, he said, you know, there's a problem with, 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 with all these electric vehicles that's posing a problem. And I spoke to one of the mechanics in the church this morning. He kind of confirmed it in a quick conversation. He said, a lot of the mechanics are having a problem because people don't know how to fix Teslas. We went to school for all these gas cars and all these different stuff, and you coming in and you bringing batteries. And so now if you buy a certain car, you got to go back. You got to take the Tesla to the Tesla dealership. And I was thinking to myself the other day, if I get a Tesla and this Tesla I'm driving, let's just, you know, come into my world for a second and I'm driving and it breaks down. You know, back in the days when you break down on the street, always got a, a home student mechanic driving on the road who pull over and say, what's the problem? They come, your starter broke and they bang on your starter. I remember when I was a, in, in college, I didn't know if your starter broke and you bang on it hard enough, it could start. And I was so cheap and broke, I banged on that starter for months. <laughs> I would not fix it. Once they showed me you could bang on it, I said, I don't really care about fixing this. <laughs> clack, clack. Bang, 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 bang. Start it up. Was I with you at the time? Is what it is, hallelujah. <laughs> you rolling with rich, this is how rich roll. Start it up, Sherry. Bang, 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 bang. Don't be embarrassed. <laughs> but there was always somebody who could pull over the side of the road and fix the car for you. Now imagine I break down with a Tesla one day and somebody pulls over and they're like, well, you know what? I, I know a thing or two about car, but never seen this. Where's, where's, where's the engine? Where's the battery? Where's... Where's the whatever this runs on? And they say, I think this looked like it. And they do something to the car, and I go back, and it's terrible. Then the second guy comes, and he pulls up, and he says, I don't know what that first guy tell you, but I, I work, man. I do mechanic, bro. There ain't a piece of machine I can't figure out. Never touch one of these, but I sure would like to try it. He goes, he does something crazy. Next, I know my car, it went from at least cranking to nothing's happening to it now. I'm big mad. A limousine pulls up. Guy rolls down the window. Driver comes out and says, the guy in the limo wants to fix the car. I say, I don't care who he is. Nobody touching his car now. But he's, I think you really need to consider letting him touch it. I don't care who he is. Look at the license plate. So what? I see the license plate. He ain't touching it. And I get mad. The guy drives off. And I turn to Sherry. And Sherry said, who was that? I said, I don't know. He said, look at his license plate. And the license plate said, Elon Musk. <laughs> if it's one person I might have wanted to look at the car at that time, so, so for those of you who are lost right now, <laughs> Tesla is a car, an electric car. The company is ran by Elon Musk. 
There's a story of this, I don't know how true it is, of Henry Ford, that says a man that bought an original Model T had broken down on the side of the road, and he was trying so hard because he himself, you know, figured he could fix it. And a man rolled up and said, let me try. And the man did a couple things in the car that wasn't working for a long time, cranked right up. The guy said, how did you know to fix this, man? He said, my name is Henry Ford, and I made that car. The problem with my analogy, though, when Elon drives off is that the man who was capable of fixing the car was there, but I just didn't recognize who he was. Today, what I want to talk to you about for the next four hours is the failure of recognition. The failure of recognition. Shall we pray? God, I just pray that today you would speak in your way to the hearts of men and women in this room, that, Father, we would be transformed and forever changed by your gospel, by your word, take full control of this service, take full control of everything I'm about to say, let it bring glory and honor to your name, and draw us closer to you, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Everything that Jesus does is to show who Jesus is. You know, old school would tell people, you know, mother who has a daughter with a boyfriend who's giving her a hard time would say, don't believe what he say, girl. Look at what he does. Because what he does is showing you who he really is. And all the ladies say. Come on, somebody. But I love him. He can change. Date him then. <laughs> While he ain't changed. Hallelujah. In other words, you know, there's another statement that says, when people show you who they are, believe them. Come on, somebody. See, th those are popular sayings in the world today because everybody's just like mad at people. <laughs> when people show you who they are, believe them. I'm going to write that today. And you know exactly who you want to read it. I know you're showing me who you are. And I believe you. Come on, somebody. What the heart of that is, is, is that you can claim what you, you say you are, but what you do speaks louder than what you say. And everything that Jesus does shows who he is. When he walks on water, he's shown you that I am above nature. When he speaks to the wind and say, peace, be still, he's showing you that I'm the one who created it. Hallelujah. When, when he comes and he, he heals a blind man, he shows you that I can restore sight. He's showing you that I'm a healer. When he looks at Jairus' daughter and says, Talitha Kumai, and she comes back to life, he's showing you that I have power over death everything is point that he does points to who he is and so everything that he did in the bible shows you that this man who is claiming to be the god man must be who he is because everything that he does points back to that's who he is a lot of people can claim a lot of things but what they do will prove the truth 
There's some brothers that I know claim to be great basketball players, but when I see them, They look like the Knicks. Wow. Hallelujah. Wow. I, I love you, Knicks. If you need a chaplain, holler at your boy. <laughs> the thing about it is everything that Jesus is doing is showing who he is. And the problem becomes, why is it that men and women could see so much of what Jesus did and you get so many different responses? Why is it that the whole world is not putting their trust in him? Why is it that the time that people live, why is people not just letting go and trusting him? Here's why. Recognition affects response. Well, what do you mean by that? Let's look at that word recognition for a minute. Obviously, we know the word recognize. When you see somebody say, I recognize them. What you're saying is that I can validate they are who they say they are because I know them. And when I see their face, their identity, I can validate that they are who they say they are. Recognition goes even deeper. For example, you can recognize an office or recognize a position that somebody holds. Do you follow what I'm saying? Uh, uh, nations recognize other nations and say, this is valid what they're claiming. This is who they say they are. So if we validate what they say they are, then we're also saying that they can do what they said they can do. The problem with people is failure to give recognition where it belongs. See, this would help a lot of people because the number one issue why we have a lot of problems in our lives is that we don't have the ability of recognition. You say, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, for your personal self, a lot of times I deal with a lot of problems. The number one thing you want to do, number one, is be able to recognize where your problem is. Failure to recognize will affect your response. And so sometimes when you don't understand that the problem is such and such, you fight in a different way. And you'll never get results until you begin to refocus and recognize, hey, this problem might be me. Come on, somebody. That goes beyond just the recognition of self things that's going on with you. Come on, I could go deeper there. That's probably the hardest for a lot of us, to recognize what's going on with ourselves. Come on, somebody. You know, we always tell people that, you know, people run around and say, people lie in this world. There's so many lies. Everybody, people will lie to you. You know who the biggest liar is that you will know? Your biggest deceiver, the biggest con man you will ever meet lives right inside your heart. The Bible says your heart is deceitfully and treacherously wicked. You would look at somebody who's doing the same exact thing as you and judge them hard and look at yourself like, but I'm different. <laughs> you have failure of recognizing. You know why people don't get up in life? They're just lazy. Why aren't you further? I was tired that day. <laughs> you know, we did lose one hour. 
There's people this week that's going to be like, that one hour threw me off. I'm, going, I'm just going to relax the rest of this week and wonder why their life ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Bro, you just woke up an hour earlier. Come on, knock it off. <laughs> the power of recognition. You got to recognize. You got to recognize what you're dealing with. If you're an angry person, you will never get over that until you first recognize what the issue is. Then you can follow where's the source of this coming from. Then you can actually get help. But when people don't recognize, come on, somebody. Hallelujah. For years, I wanted to know, God, why am I always tired and falling asleep when I watch TV? He said, you don't recognize the size of that plate you just ate before you watched TV? <laughs> God, I'm your child and I'm filled with the spirit. Make me mighty. Not when you're eating that much. That sugar run up to your brain right while you're watching TV. You don't say nothing to me. Hallelujah. Okay, I'll leave it alone. Not only recognition of personal issues, but recognition of people in your life. Because here, here's number one. Here's, watch this. Where there is no recognition, there is no appreciation. Come on, somebody. Shy and me were doing homework this week. And uh, me and this mic again. Hallelujah. I'm going to win this week. Hallelujah. <laughs> Shy was doing homework with me. I sat down. I said, Shy, you, you know, he brought home a test that did. He got like two of them wrong. I said, all right, here's what you did wrong. He's doing area, and I'm showing him the area. The lady said, find the area, and then find half of the area. So Shy found the area and then added it together when he was supposed to divide it. Right? I'm right? Because if not, my kid is going to be uneducated. <laughs> I think that was right. And so I'm talking to him, and he's frustrated. He just won't go play. He just won't go to his, I'm, you know, and y'all got kids, right? When, you, when kids just want to go, they're not listening. they like, it's, the teacher said to do it this way. You ever heard that one? And you just want to look at him like, boy, I beat your teacher. I beat you and your, your teacher don't want none. That's what you want to say. You want to be like, your teacher don't pay no bills in this house when you cross this door. You don't say, but the teacher showed me how to do new map. New map? You tell your teacher we still on old map. When they give me new money, then we going to do new map. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on, y'all with me today? And so I'm trying to show him, he just won't, he just won't go play. He just won't go play. So... I said to him, that's not the area of the whole thing. He said, but dad, you just said that. You just, then he turned and said, you're lying. You're a liar. I said, <laughs> being a preacher, I said, Satan is the father of all lies. That would make me Satan's child. I said, who you think you talking to in this house, shy? Sometimes you get a little dramatic. They be like, dad, 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 dad. Start shaking, shy. 
I said, who, who, you, who you talking to? I said, all right, here go your pen and paper. Do your own math. I'm not helping you. He walked over to the corner. I'm just, you know, because he got this. I'm going to wait for mom look on him. She ain't running nothing today. She's not currently present. So he walk over, say, iPad, everything else that you want, remote, all mine. Now sit there. So he's sitting in the other room, and he just like, he don't know what to do with his life. He got the math paper and the pen, and I'm in the other room like, yeah. It's a victory right now for me. You don't get those a lot with kids. Uh, but being a loving father, I went back in the room. And I said to him, I said, son, what you said hurt me. Because you succeeding at this is something that is very important to me. So why would you tell the man who pays all the bills to send you to school, who works for you, all the iPad and stuff you rush in to play, you got that because of me. Why would you say that to your, and I'm pouring it on him, your father? <laughs> I was bringing recognition back to him of who you talking to. Because if you don't recognize who you're saying those words, you think I'm little Johnny in your class? Little Johnny don't know how to blow his nose properly. And once I put that perspective back on, y'all know Shia. I'm sorry, Dad. Sorry, Dad. Can I hug you? Sure. Come, let me show you how to do area. <laughs> Length times width. <laughs> Woo! Come on, somebody. When you are with your wife, be careful that you don't get to the extent that you don't remember it's my wife. And even though I am angry at this moment, my recognition of who that person is should stop me from going too far. When we fight, anything goes. We say anything, and we just, we just know we were angry. Oh, no. When that anger calms down, they still there. It's going to come up around Christmas. <laughs> she going to bring it up then, fellas. Yeah. If you don't recognize who people are in your life, you'll never appreciate them. That goes for every, when you go to work, that person that you see is, my boss is coming, let's hope they don't see I'm late. That's your boss. You don't talk to them and gossip about them anyhow. I don't care how horrible they are. You don't know my boss. Then get another job if it's really that bad. But as long as you're there, do the job well. Then lost half the church. <laughs> People could never be pastored unless they recognize the pastor. Oh, I like me pastor. He, he, he cool, he can rap. 
You know how many pastors come visit this church because they see what's happening and they want to know what's happening, but their pride can't let them to come to the place to recognize that maybe the young man, God has gifted him with some wisdom. So they'll come and they're trying to see what you're doing, but then they'll turn and tell you, well, you have young people here, right? I said, no, we got a bunch of grannies here too and in between. Pick an age. The gospel ain't for young. The gospel's for everybody. Come on, somebody. But people will never. You, you know, people, it doesn't mean that those people in your life are perfect. But you could never, ever be able to access the blessing of Elon Musk if you read the license plate and don't recognize who he was. Who are the people that are in your life that you are Failing to recognize why God put them there. Maybe somebody's not your competition. Maybe they're your information. I could do more than Ariel. You, you all hear what I'm saying? Listen, listen. Recognition. Cause you not to, to, to only not be able to, to, to do that. When you don't recognize a thing, you can either abuse or misuse it. Amen. I don't think I got to say much there. I think I already preached a lot of that there. And then finally, you can't receive from what you don't recognize. I can use a perfect example for myself. I can preach this same message. I can preach a message to 10 people. Matter of fact, one preacher said it this way. He said, he's got 10 people that came up to him. One of them came up to him and said, Pastor, I don't know. Maybe you ain't preaching right. Maybe something you're saying ain't this. And they're going off. And then he said, let me ask you a question. If I got 10 children, I feed them all the same, and nine of them are strong and healthy, and one of them keep getting sick, is it the food or is possibility Something else is going on in the one. And that's not just for church. You will fail to receive from what you don't recognize. There's people that God, and sometimes we recognize the wrong people, the wrong voices because of what they own. Sometimes we let celebrities who ain't got no business talking into your life and politicians who have no business speaking into your life and, 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 and social media influencers speak into your life. Oh, the business, you know the world is going to crypto. Run to crypto. Everybody bought crypto, now crypto dropped it. You know how I many people lost money because of that? Right now, currently, you're holding your head like, oh. NFTs, NFTs. And I'm not telling you, this is not financial advice. I'm just telling you, that that's the type of world we live in. That there's so many voices that are fighting to be put in a position of driving in your life. Be careful that you don't give recognition to every voice. Make sure that you filter every voice with the word of God. And let me go a step further. That's true too even in the Christian community. Not everybody that comes under the ban of Christianity or gospel music or Christian rap you let into your world. I know some of these dudes and they don't say what they were saying 10 years ago.
Amen. I'll leave it alone. You can't receive from what you don't recognize. Amen? Is the problem. You got a man just brought Lazarus back from the dead. And people are falling to their feet and saying, this has got to be the son of God. Who else can bring life to dead people? And they're rejoicing and they're celebrating. Lazarus is there. He was dead, but now he's alive. They saw him hop out the grave. They bring the same information to the people who study scriptures. But their failure to give recognition, they have no appreciation. They don't want to receive nothing he's saying. And now they're plotting to kill him. Why is that? Here's my last couple points. Because, y'all, listen to me, miracles and all that you do do not guarantee the change that you want to see in other people. Some people you could do all of the good and the kind you want to do for them till you blew in the face and they will never change. And all of the miracles that God did did not guarantee that people were going to give him the recognition of who he is. So why do you think all that you do will convince people? Stop living to convince people you are, you are who you are. Just be who you are. And those that recognize you will be able to receive from you. But this is not about you. This is about the fact that God can do as many good things in your life and you still fail to recognize him. Has God done anything for anybody in this room? Then why worship is never something that is automatic in us? If he truly has done things over and over and kept you, shouldn't that recognition always be readily available on your lips to say, he is my king? Would you ever be ashamed of someone that has changed your life the way he has? Imagine me taking my wife to certain circles and never telling people who she is. Like, that's just a girl. I would never bring Jesus to any circle that I can't tell them who he is. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this house. And they, 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 all of the miracles did not guarantee recognition because here's why. Intent is prior to content. What are you talking about? Before content hits a man... He has an intention in his heart. And content is always going to be received depending on the intent of a heart. Every question has a questioner. Every suggestion or advice you give has a listener. And their intent is always prior to content. So you could have several people lined up and give the same information, but all of them receive it differently 
because the intent is not only prior to content, but the intent, here's another point, shapes the content. So you can come, have you ever brought facts to a person? And they still look at the facts and say, I don't know. I, th I think really what it is. So I'm, I'm, I quit trying to convince people because I know it's got to be a heart change. You can show people all you want, but if the intent of their heart is what it is, they're going to reshape all the content you give them. Right now as I'm preaching this, all of these hearts in this room is shaping this content in the way that you want it to be. There's people in this room with so many different uh, thoughts in life that's receiving this content. Some are saying uh, uh, right now, wow, that's good. I hope that such and such who think this way would hear that. <laughs> and the person who such and such think this way, I hope they get that. And it's crazy that you can have the same thing. And that's why pastors always get in trouble because different people walk away with different perspectives. Their intent is shaping the content. Did he say that for me? I don't know you, man. I ain't studying you all week. I'm trying to get this money now. <laughs> Somebody said real talk. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Intent, what's in your heart, will always shape the content. That's why Jesus said a farmer went out and he sowed. And the seed fell on all types of ground. There was nothing wrong with the seed. What developed the seed was the type of soil. Intent is shaping content. And so that's why you can bring the news that a man has come back to life to somebody and they will look and say, my intentions is not to ever bow to him. My intentions is to maintain this temple and still be in charge of this nation. So I don't care what he did. I got to crush him. The content should have defined the intentions of your heart. You can show people stuff till they blew in the face. But if they've made up their mind that their heart is going to be a certain way, and, and this is something that most people are not even conscious of. That's why it goes back to recognition. And they came and told Jesus this. And their plot was to kill him because their intention was never to really find the Messiah. They liked where, they liked what God can do for them. They don't want God who he is to them. I like his hands. I like when he blesses me. I like when I sit in the seat of power. I like when he elevates my life and I look good. I like when I can be able to live the type of life. But when he tells me I'm a sinner and I must repent and I become leveled with the people that are under me. And now the people that I've once ruled, I'm just like them. And I got to come to him and come to the foot of the cross. And now we all the same. I don't like how that feels. I don't like to admit I'm wrong. I don't like to admit that I'm a sinner. I don't like to admit that I was dead wrong on the topic. I don't like the feeling of having to apologize. And so it's better that I get rid of him. And so it's better that we get rid of Jesus in society. 
Because if we got to deal with Jesus, we got to deal with a lot of what we are. Because whenever you point the finger like this, you got all these fingers pointing back at you. That's what the gospel does. Whenever you try to use the gospel to down somebody, the gospel is bucking the gun at you. Ten times harder. That's why Jesus said, before you try to move the speck out of somebody's eyes, look at what he said. Move the beam that's in yours. You got a whole plank in yours. That's why it's not about changing anybody. It's about changing you. Because I don't want my intentions to twist the gospel. You know how many people read this book? They read it through the eyes of wanting to be rich. They read it through the eyes of their current situation of being poor. They read it through political eyes. They read it through racist eyes. They read it through all type of eyes. And they think that the content is backing them up. It's your intention that is shaping that content. What the author meant, he meant. And only he knows that. And unless you study... What he meant. Don't walk away with what your internet favorite celebrity said about it. Or your favorite preacher or artist. Intent shapes content. And because I know that, I know that it's been shaped in so many ways in this room right now. And they've come to the conclusion that we must Get rid of Christ. And Caiaphas, I'm getting ready to close, y'all. Caiaphas gets up and he says, you don't know what y'all talking about. He's the high priest. I'm telling you, if time would permit, Caiaphas did a lot of things that was very symbolic that he had no idea what he was doing throughout this whole resurrection, uh, crucifixion thing. From renting clothes to all types of stuff, putting his priestly off. Like, every time he did something, it was like God was manipulating him. Like, when you look back at this, you're going to realize you thought you were in charge, but you were never in charge. Here's the good thing about God. This is why I can relax. Because, Pastor, you created this, this dilemma. It's recognition and all this stuff, and people don't recognize, and people don't got respect, and people do this, and this world is crazy. Uh, it is. But there's one who doesn't necessarily need your recognition to do what he got to do. In other words, here's my last point, y'all God's plan will always come to fruition with or without your recognition. Whether you know it or not, God is going to bring his plans to pass with or without your understanding of it. You look through the Bible. There were people who were willing to accept this plan and they got blessed by it. There were people who fought against his plan like Jonah and God still preached the Nineveh through him and he still end up sour and bitter at the end. The choice is yours how you want this to affect you. But know this, that there ain't a man or a person on planet Earth who can stop God's plan. And Caiaphas paraded around and said, isn't it better that we just kill one man so that he would die for the nation? Don't you know that that's exactly why he came? To die for the nation. 
to die so that they can come back in restoration with the true and living God. And make no mistakes about it, that when you kill him, he's not only going to restore that nation, but nations that are scattered around the world. Men and women who will put their trust in Jesus. And I'm so glad, hallelujah, that Caiaphas wasn't in charge, but God is. So when you go to work and people use you, when you live your life and people don't recognize you and people hurt you, know that behind all of that, God is still able to use your circumstance. Look at everything that's happening in the world. I am not worried one bit. Knowing whom I believe. And I know he's able. Come on, turn to your neighbor and tell them God is able. Come on, turn to your neighbor and tell them God is able. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I wish you would join me. Hallelujah. Tell them God is able. Come on, Sister Carly, let's have some church. Come on, God is able. Come on, God is able. God is able. No matter what is happening in your life today, I want to let you know that God is in control. God is in charge. Hallelujah. You might have been going through some things. You might have been looking at your life wondering, where's all this going? Our God is in charge. He's 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 in charge. The Bible says from that moment on they plotted to kill Jesus. Imagine the same man that brought Lazarus back to, from the dead. able to change their lives they figured we'd lose the temple and the nation would be crushed does anybody know historically what happened after Jesus rose from the dead years later temple was destroyed the nation was lost the very thing they were trying to keep happened when you don't recognize the value of Jesus you might be led to believe that what you currently have is more valuable And it ain't. There is nothing worth more than your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're successful in this room, keep being successful. Keep climbing the ladder. But none of it is worth more than your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you ain't got nothing right now and you struggle to get here, I understand that. But that situation is not who you are. You are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. You're the head and not the tail. You're not what your bank account says you are. 
you are only who you are because of what Christ says you are let me tell you something and when you begin to recognize who Jesus is in your life you will put him in the right place and that place is in the center of your life where all worship belongs to and I don't know who I'm talking to but in this resurrection season I want to challenge you that if you've been in church all your life and you never recognize who Jesus was he's just somebody we go to church to hear he's just somebody that I grew up listening he's cool he's my family that's my religion no he's more than that he's more than that he really walked the earth he really went to that cross he really stopped time the whole calendar is based on him he really bled on that cross. He really died. He really got a grave there that they claim he walked out of. And he said that if you put your trust in him, then you're going to find the meaning of life. So he's not just saying he's an option. Is he who he says he is in your life? Because his claims is demanding a change. you feel that change is too hard and what I got going on I got to hold on to you haven't found the value in Jesus would you lift your hands to heaven in this place right now hallelujah Jesus hallelujah hallelujah Friday our